I think it should never be permitted to happen again. That is very good. Hello everyone and welcome to the Cricket Podcast with me, Jack Hope, Max Roe Brown. Hello. And Ross Legg. Good evening. Um, this week on the show we've, we've got two main things to talk about. We've got England's mega squad uh, for the upcoming West Indies series. So we'll be running through the, uh, the 55 men there. And we've got a guest on the show, Ross. Um, David Painter, can you quickly introduce him? Yes, yeah, so David Painter, ex-Northants player, um, also the founder of Painter, which is a cricket shoe brand. And they're kind of taking on Gun & More, Asics, Nike, you name it, um, by creating specialist cricket shoes. And it's all about kind of the rise of that organisation. And actually a bit of stories around his interaction with Mike Hussey, Graham Swan, when he was playing for Northants. Um, really, really good interview and actually a really nice bloke. So uh, definitely worth listening. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, before we get on with uh, the rest of the show, though, um, we like to kick off with uh, a more lighthearted question. Um, so this week, boys, uh, Jeffrey Boycott um, retired or was retired by the BBC. It's not really clear. Um, so he'll no longer be appearing on Test Match Special. Uh, if you were the director general of the BBC or whoever gets to make this decision, I assume it goes right to the top man. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like when Jeremy Clarkson got fired for also being a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> who would um, who would you choose to replace Jeffrey if if you if you had the option? Well, I've got a little bit on Jeffrey, so if I could start, that'd be great. Yeah, go um, for it. The thing is, a lot of people on Twitter have kind of turned around and said um, he's someone who's just kind of stuck in the past. He's a bit old school. I don't think this is true. I just generally think he's a shit bloke. <laughs> um, what's your evidence? State your case. Um, so there's a, there's a couple of couple of things. I'm not going to start with the obvious one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with when uh, when when Mike when Michael Yardy um, returned home from the World Cup with depression and kind of mental health issues. Um, Jeffrey came straight out on the record and said he's just not good enough for England. Um, and then compared him to himself, of going, um, I've never had kind of uh, mental battles because I'm a better player. Instantly yeah, not yeah. very nice. Yeah. Um, then he also had a, um, yeah, an, not even unfortunate, just a horrible racist slur joke that he kind of came across where he had his own blackface incident when he talked around the West Indies um, players and knighthoods, like absolutely appalling. Um, and then cherry on top is um, that he was found guilty of assaulting his girlfriend in uh, 1998. So, I mean, those three speak volumes. I think they're yeah. the uh, three important factors required in becoming a knight of the realm, aren't they? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, controversial character, if you're going to put it mildly. Um, I, I actually, I don't think I'll miss him. No, I, th- I think he got way more time than he was due, for perfectly honest. They should have retired him out of service a long time ago. They I don't really have... get what he added, either. Just the was... grumpy one. Yeah, I, just, I think it'll yeah. be good for Jonathan Agnew's blood pressure. Mm. <laughs> um, so, but I, I, I mean, to answer your question, Jack, um, I've kind of got what is the opposite of kind of Jeffrey Boycott, and um, I was going to say there's, a, there's one option which is like a really joke character who's not harmless even in the slightest. So get Monty Panasar on there. Yeah, he's looking for work. But um, I'm not sure I could actually listen to Monty Panasar for days on end no. on TMS. Um, Alistair Cook and James Taylor are already in the TMS fray. 
but actually having them on a bit more could well fill that void. Um, but someone like Charlotte Edwards, so England's women's lead run scorer of all time, definitely an option. Um, and then a bit of a left field um, suggestion, someone like Dimitri Mascarenas, so obviously has been around the England team for ages, was definitely someone who changed the way kind of England looked at different players. Um, so they'd be kind of my selection. I've gone with the Ed Smith loads of people. <laughs> uh, Max, who would you take? Uh, I think I would have to come up with a... Uh, it might be the obvious option, but I just like the idea of having David Gower do it. Oh, you, you might, know? You've literally stolen my suggestion. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's obvious, isn't it? He's, he's done it with Sky. He's nice. Yeah. He was a better... Batsman in terms of excitement and flair than Jeffrey Boycott, you know, it's a nice, uh, a nice contrast flame. to what we've had before. Yeah, no, I, um, I, that was uh, David Gower was uh, been my selection as well. Uh, a a bon vivant. That's what we want, really, isn't it? We've had enough of rhubarb. Now we want fine wines and aeroplane stunts. <laughs> 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 Um, I reckon he would get a bit more leeway as well to kind of share some of his stories on TMS because if he were <laughs> like compared to Sky, yeah, hopefully. I mean, so that it's good to throw um, throw his name into it. I, I'd very much like to hear David Gower um, back on the broadcasting airways. Um, that is the introduction done. Um, shall we mention where to find us on the internet? Yes, we should. Uh, we should. So on Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at the Cricket Pod. Um, and if you want to get in contact via email, you can email us on was it the Cricket Pod at gmail That's correct. Um, we'd also like to point you in the direction of our last show. Um, we had Jack Russell on for a, a long form interview. He was on for about an hour and a half, I think. Um, there's no context to it, so you can enjoy that episode at your leisure, um, and it won't feel like you're reliving old news um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed speaking to Jack so uh, do go back and listen to that um, Jingle then move on absolutely Stop, David great work beautiful piece of work that's what he was there for Red side stumping that was all Jack Russell's look at that one that was a fine piece of work that really was fantastic work he whipped the bars off in a flash and as soon as they saw me, Jack Russell came bounding over. <laughs> and I just made it into the popping crease. In time. So we would also be really grateful after uh, the, well, the coup, it has to be has to be said, of getting Jack Russell to talk to us, uh, followed by David Painter. If you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends, uh, recommend it to others, and... Yeah, just uh, just tell tell people about us. We we do our best of um, of getting the word out on Twitter and Instagram and the various social media outlets. But there's only so far we can go, and apparently not everyone has Twitter. So you know, if there's someone you know who isn't a, a technophile but does love cricket podcasts, then point them in, point us in their direction. Yeah, that's what we want, isn't it? If if everybody who listens to this show and likes it tells one friend. And then they tell one friend. And, we could and, think and of it so as, uh, yeah. as the, an R value. I suppose. Oh, don't what do we that. want is an R value above one <laughs> for the cricket podcast. Oh my God! Is it too soon? It feels like it might be too soon on a cricket podcast to go there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going viral. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, let's let's move on to speaking of viral. <laughs> 
the, yeah, uh, the, Manuatu, the Manuatu Blast. Mm. Their um, their intro was was somewhat viral. It did go viral. Yeah, we had we we talked about Shane Dykes a couple of episodes ago. Um, you don't have to go back and listen to that one. Do the Jack Russell one. Then, it, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Shane Dykes and the Vanuatu Blast. Max, tell us what happened. What's going on there? Well, we're we're into the final weekend of fixtures now in the Vanuatu Blast, uh, the three team tournament in the South Pacific that is the only professional cricket that's underway at the moment in the current situation um, and we have on the final day which is taking place on Saturday the 13th of June the uh, empty bulls and the Afira Sharks facing off for the right to play the mighty Efate Panthers in the grand final did you just call them the empty bulls MT yeah empty bulls no MT. <laughs> Yeah. Bulls. Yeah, actually, so you did say that. Bulls. That is a, that is a, that <laughs> They're is a not called the empty bulls, name. Max. They the empty bulls. They can't be called the empty bulls. <laughs> Sharks live in the water. There are no panthers in Vanuatu. Bulls rule this land. I'm not even sure he's getting this, Ross. No, he's not. <laughs> I, know, I know. I know what you're talking. I know what you're doing. I'm just ignoring it. Anyway, so it's, the, so, it's the, so it's the semi-final. The semi-final, after the group stage of three, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, well, um, it's good. Have you, have you seen any highlights from the, um, from, the, from the tournament, Max? I've seen a bit, but, but not a lot. Nothing that um, stands out for me. Have you, uh, do you have anything that you've seen? I, uh, a week ago, I think, there was a game... We went down to the last ball. I think someone hit a six to win it. But off the maybe the penultimate ball, um, one of the players did one of those catches over the boundary where you throw it back, uh, and that was amazing. Um, except the guy he threw it back to dropped the ball. <laughs> amazing. That's even better. <laughs> it was like a proper. It would. It would have been one of those. Well, I mean, we've all seen them. I don't. I don't know if they're as impressive as we we thought they were five years ago. Now, but. Um, Still, it's mean, still pretty good. One, one of the guys did catch one one-handed on the boundary. That was pretty good. Mm. So they clearly can play some cricket. Is, yeah. No, no. Uh, England, England, England. Um, England uh, a week ago announced their fifty-five man squad for the upcoming West Indies series. Um, fifty-five players is is, is uh, off the top of your head, Ross. How many times the number of players you actually need to play a cricket game? No, it's five teams, isn't it? It is, so. yeah, it's five teams. Um, so it's it's more than enough men, uh, I think. Um, I, to, the other thing I was looking at here, so they're going to split the squad, aren't they? So England, um, for if you're hearing this for the first time, they've picked 55 men for the summer of action. They're going to have a, a, a test team and a one-day team. So I... I I do think from the two teams that you get, though, there's not really... Um, I don't think there'll be any surprises. I think the two 11s, you kind of know what they'll be doing the right thing. Um, what I think is actually interesting about it is like you get a look inside what the England management and Ed Smith uh, are thinking. Um, so you, you see how they assess different player groups and what maybe their plan is. For the future of England cricket, so I've broken this down. If you, if you wanna, if you, if you, if if you'll bear with me, 
into the, into four groups: fast bowlers, spinners, and batsmen. That's actually only three groups. So I've only broken this down into three groups. So uh, I think what's in, interesting. Um, firstly, well, should, should we start with the batsmen? I mean, we're all batsmen, so the rest of the game's a bit boring, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's too much hard work. If you didn't get to bat, you wouldn't play cricket. <laughs> correct, Ross? Yep, that is definitely correct. Max? Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably be the same. I mean, I, I partly took up wicket-keeping in case I got a first baller and had something to do for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a fail-safe, isn't it? It's not yeah, anyone's absolutely. first choice. Yeah, No one's like, oh, I get to wicket-keep, and then if I'm lucky, number seven... Um, <laughs> Um, anyway, um, so the batsman. Obviously, the, the, I think the test team bats uh, kind of picks itself, um, and then the, the one-day players that won the World Cup are, are pretty much all in there. Um, what I think is interesting, though, is that the the younger players that he's picked, or, or the or the less obvious players, because they're not all young. Laurie Evans is like thirty-eight or something. Um, Phil Salt, Laurie Evans, Tom Cole, Cadmore, Will Jacks. I think he's going for a, a, a high strike rate attack, and I think that's quite interesting. That's that's the way that a lot of um, statistici- statisticians, Max, say the word? Statisticians. That's how a lot of... Statisticians. ...think you should play 2020 in one-day cricket. You should look for players with higher strike rates um, rather than higher averages. And mm-hmm. if you look at that pool of players, that's that's kind of what you've got. Um, so I think that's, that's good. Um, spinners. Um, my assessment here is that he's just picked everybody he could name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to challenge you now. Off the top of your head, can you name another eligible spinner? No, I, I can't. There. No. Is Danny Briggs in the side? Uh, oh, okay. Well, so we managed to get one kind of. I, I think he's a bit of an all-rounder, isn't he? Um, he isn't inside. Um, so that's my theory there. We've only got a limited number of spinners, and, and that's what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fast bowlers, I think this is the really interesting one, um, because I reckon... So what do you know about Ed Smith's like, career, or, or, or Ed Smith before he became England selector? Uh, was he a journalist? He was, well, he was a player, first of all. He played three tests for England, um, but he was also a massive baseball fanatic. And I think when it comes to fast bowlers, he is quite significantly influenced by how they select players or pitchers in baseball. So when they project uh, who will be a good pitcher in the future, and there's quite a lot of variables, and it's, it's, it's very hard to do, basically. Um, so what a lot of teams are doing now is assessing pitchers based on how fast their fastball is. And I think if you look at the England bowlers that we picked, he's basically picked the fastest bowlers plus a few guys with a good average in the county championship. Mm. Uh, what, it gives him a bit of coverage, right? It depends on the, what type of pitches we get, what type of weather we kind of get. Yeah, but I, I think, I think more, more I'm saying here that like, we know who's going to play in the test matches and we probably know who's going to play in the, uh, the one-day days as well. But the fact that like, he's gone with Henry Brooks and Cass and Mahmood again... Um, even though they might not be, uh, by the numbers, obviously the best pick, um, I, I think indicates that that is where his thinking's at. Okay, that's really interesting. Uh, well, should we have a look at the kind of players that he's left out, actually? Cause there's, yeah, there's, go there's, for that, there's, yeah. There's some serious omissions, I think, out there. So, um, I mean, the obvious one is Alex Hales. So uh, there's obviously been some indiscretions in his past. Um, but building up to the potential ICC World Cup in at the end of the year, which yet to be confirmed whether it's going to go 
be on or be off. Um, but he's in Australia, and in Australia, he's the fourth best batsman in the history of BBL, so the Big Bash League, um, with a strike rate of 147 and an average of 38. So he's one of those players who has proven that he can hit runs in Australia, and you'd, you'd think that you want to start to reintegrate him into the side. Well, I don't think he's going to be playing in that 2020 World Cup, is he? I think that's what they're saying here. Mm-hmm. That's what, I, that's what I, think, saying. I think he won't come back until Morgan retires, probably after that World Cup. Which is bad for Hales, because Morgan's recently come out and said, <laughs> I could easily play for England until 2023. <laughs> I, I reckon Morgan will go after this World Cup. Mm-hmm. It, especially if England win it. I just don't... I think it's so, it's so long, isn't it, to the next one? Yeah. Um... But even then, so there's, Morgan definitely holds a grudge, and I think you're completely right on that one. Um, Liam Plunkett, Max, you're a Liam Plunkett fan? Yeah, I mean, he took a number of really important wickets in the uh, 50 over World Cup last summer. Um, mm-hmm. Not least in the game against New Zealand in the final, and yeah. the semi final as well, when Australia were looking like building up ahead of steam. So I think we might be missing a trick with experience, especially in a wider squad where he could lend some some advice to some of the younger players who they've picked but obviously they're looking slightly more towards the future with with the players they've gone for so I mean that's that's a reasonable route to go down I think the only question mark for me on that is that they didn't have that conversation with him yeah earlier on mm -hmm. it was old schooling that that was it was kind of classic insensitive kind of you find out on teletext that you're in the team or not (laughs) Um, but a good stat around um, Liam Plunkett that um he only lost six of his last 57 ODIs, which I thought was mightily impressive. Mm-hmm. So England's clearly, clearly quite good in the team. Um, Gary Balance, podcast favourite, not in the side, not in the 55. Well, I thought that was very sad. Yeah, I think this would have been the perfect time to reintegrate Gary Balance into the test team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we're obviously devastated with that. Um, Ian Bell, not in it either. He did have a year out, to be fair. Otherwise, I'm sure he would have been in the team. Well, I would argue that puts him in as good a frame of mind as any cricketer to come back in this situation. <laughs> He's fully mentally rested. <laughs> uh, and then uh, one, the one big bowling omission, I think, is um, around Jamie Porter. So the Essex opening bowler. Um, He's taken the most wickets in county championships since 2016 with 236. Um He's not, people say he's a bit of a green top merchant but you have to take wickets all season the standard of cricket in the county championship isn't terrible um, and you would have thought with Chris Silverwood leading Jamie Porter to a title with Essex not too long ago you'd think he'd be in the side so any 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 thoughts on why he's not? Yeah I, th- I, I genuinely think Ed Smith wants fast bowlers because it's the in his mind and I don't think this is necessarily true but I think in his mind that's the clearest indicator of whether they'll be good in international cricket or not fair enough and he's slow <laughs> and is there any, is there any omissions in there that are kind of missed out or is there anyone in the 55 that you are kind of scratching your head at I mean there's a load of players that are in the 55 that people probably have never heard of but I think I actually think so I I I think they're looking at the two. The, the if you if we ignore the thing about spinners, he's just picked them all. Um, I think, based on his plan, which is clearly to pick batsmen who m- would be useful in T Twenty World Cup if it happens later in the year, mm. he, he's done that. Um, and to 
develop some fast bowling that might be, I, I think, good in Australia in two years' time. I think that's where he's heading with that idea. Yeah, he's sort of done that as well. Um, I I think the batsman selections are, are probably okay. I mean, like you can argue about Hales if you want, but it's Hales, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's, it's and I, I'm less convinced story. about the fast bowler idea. Richard Gleeson. Um, so I think well, the the he has picked Richard Gleeson. He's picked Robinson, and he picked uh, another another one of the seamers, um, the Middlesex one. Um, I can't. Tom Helm. It's Tom Helm. Yeah, Tom, Tom Helm's in there. Yeah. yeah. So he picked basically the three guys who played the most and had the best averages in. Yeah. In long in longer cricket last season, so Jamie Porter wasn't one of those. Jamie Porter didn't have a great season last year. Um, oh, so Richard, Richard Gleeson's stats are are excellent. Yeah, um, I think what's going to be interesting, uh, and I don't know if any of you picked up on this yet, is that Root is probably going to miss the first test because he's having a baby. Yeah, um, we're well, saying it could actually be the first two tests. So that means, if I'm not mistaken, that the vice captain. Benjamin Stokes is going to lead the team for the, for the first two tests of the summer. Yeah, he's in prime position to do that. Um, I'm not sure it's a good idea. Well, I'm perfectly honest. What's your evidence here? Um, he already just, has a lot to think about. Yeah, he's, he's already our talisman, let alone giving him the captaincy. Um, he's also one of those guys, I'm not sure, it, like from an outsider's perspective, is he really the person you want captaining England cricket? TBD. I mean, we've had some interesting choices in the past of like Kevin Peterson through Flintoff. Um, so, Ian Botham. Yeah. So there are some bits there of going, just because they your best player and your talisman does not make them a good instantly a good captain. It's how um, we've always done it. Sorry. It's how we've always done it, Ross. So yeah. why change it? Well, I think um, someone like Rory Burns, who's got a good success at Surrey, wouldn't be a bad selection, especially yeah. open bat. And does Captain Surrey. Well, I think so it would really annoy Stokes if he didn't get it. Do you think? Yeah. I reckon if he... I, I don't think they've got a choice. Because they've made him vice-captain. Hmm. They can't not. Oh, yeah, it would be, it'll be the ultimate snub, wouldn't it? I mean, it would be, it would be easy to be all over if they snubbed him and then he became rubbish. <laughs> they just give it to Johnny Bairstow. Yeah, I think it, I don't know. I'm interested to see how it would go. Uh, I don't know how good the West Indies are, really, is the other thing uh, um, uh, about this. Um, which is why next week, if you if you tune in again, we'll be speaking with the guys from the Caribbean Cricket Podcast uh, mm. about the West Indies team and their aspirations to the tour. But um, uh, uh, my sense is that they probably won't be amazing, and Stokes, even if he's a bad captain, probably will win the game. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we've uh, underestimated the West Indies far too often since <laughs> last year when they t- turned us over in the in the Caribbean. So um, I think they've got some really exciting talent in that side. There's obviously a couple of players not coming across, um, but I think it should be a good series. And I mean, it's going to get high high viewership, isn't it? It's going to be the only thing on. Oh uh, yeah, I mean that's the other thing. The final thing I think on England is is that everything will be on the BBC. Not everything. The highlights will be on the BBC in the evening, won't they? Anyway, right. Well, we've uh, we're going to play a quick jingle, but then you're going to come back, and um, the main part of the show is the interview with David Painter. So, as we said at the top of the show, he's an ex Northants player, and he shares some great stories, um, all about the cricketing world and his experience there. 
Um, and then also the rise of Painter, the cricket shoe brand. So um, have a listen. And uh, as Max said, please share it with your friends and let us know what you think. Watch the ball and try and whack it as hard as you can. Oh, I got high. Uh, I was gonna grind out some really impressive wins. But then I got high. No, you wouldn't. Uh. They took my whole paycheck. And I know why. Why, man? Yeah, hey, cause I got high. So today on the Cricket Podcast, we're talking to David Painter, the ex-county pro who five years ago decided to take on the sports footwear industry and his game-changing cricket shoe brand, Painter. David, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure. Nice to be here. Glad to have you. Um, I'm here with Max. How are you, Max? Yeah, I'm good. Yep, yeah, I'll just echo what Ross said, and thanks, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, much appreciated. Not a problem. Uh, first and foremost, um, in every cricket shoe I've personally ever owned has been like a clunky breeze block. I'm kind of like pretty <laughs> limited choice when it comes across like Gun and Moor, Grey Nickels. They were kind of like pillows as, as well. It was just awful. Everything was awful about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, um, I'm so, glad you said that. <laughs> and uh, I was kind of, we're trying to figure out kind of what. What actually inspired you to get into this and kind of how is Painter and how is the range of Painter actually disrupting the market? Yeah, well, you've kind of hit the nail on the head there, to, to be honest, Ross. So, um, yeah, um, I guess, you know, the, the, the whole idea behind Painter was, uh, as an ex-professional myself, I kind of knew what was needed in the game. And felt that there was a, a very much a lack of um, a good quality, lightweight, kind of stylish cricket shoe on the market, like you say, the other brands. I won't, I won't name them, but uh, quite a few of the brands out there that weren't really up to scratch and and, and what the the modern day requ- player required, I guess. Um, myself, as as an ex professional, always used to buy trainers really and, and get them spiked up, along with quite a, a lot of the other professionals, uh, Swanee, Graham Swan being one of them mm. and that was kind of spiked an idea that you know there's a reason for that really why you go to the expense of buying a, a nice running shoe and then you've got to go and send it to a cobbler and then you've got to send it off and you've got probably 150 pound later on you get the shoes back and you've got this you know your great lightweight performance style uh, trainer with spikes on the bottom which is great yeah but but when you look at that from a business point of view, you know, you've got a lot of cost and, it, uh, and a lot of time and effort to, to get that product. And I guess, you know, as an entrepreneur, you look to try and solve problems. And I guess to me, that was a problem. Yep. Um, so I kind of put two and two together and said, well, you know, I need to create a shoe, a brand um, along those lines. And that was just the start of, what is now Painter, I guess. I mean, back then it was, yeah, crazy times. As my wife's been through it, all women, I'm sure she can vouch for it. But, yeah, it was. Uh, it didn't even start off as Painter, to be honest, back in probably 2015, I think, mm. um, when I first had the idea, quit the job. Uh, I mean, I'll just give you a, a brief rundown of that, if that's all right. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's quite an inspiring story, I guess, when, when you tell it. But I was in a, a job after been a professional cricketer um, for seven or eight years. Uh, it was nice steady wage and it was quite easy going and 
you know, I think a lot of people wouldn't have left that job, basically. And, and it got to me a point and I said, well, it's not for me. I don't know what it is for me, but it's not for me. I want to do something else. Uh, I ain't got a clue what that is. <laughs> but uh, I left that, that business and I ended up looking after the kids, two young kids, uh, and was a stay-at-home dad, really, for a good year. Yeah. Um, my wife's a, a nurse, so she was she was working and, and bringing in the money and covering the bills and, and things like that. So we worked really well as a team. Uh, but in that time, it gave me a lot of um, a lot of time to think about what I actually wanted to do. And that's when I had the idea and said, right, I'm going to really give this a go. <clears throat> um, and she backed me 100. percent And you know, and it was like, right, now I've got to find a manufacturer. I've got to uh, learn about marketing, learn about product, learn about design, learn about shipping, logistics, business, finance, <laughs> um, you we name were, it. We You've got to learn about it when, it when you, oh my God, yeah, that's an understatement. Um, and I, I like my answer as well. <laughs> but no, that's... Um, that literally is what you've got to do as a startup, and you've just got to make it work. Like you, I don't know. I just said to myself, I've got no choice. This is what I want to do, mm-hmm. and I've got to make it work. And and we, we there came a point where I found a manufacturer in China, um, and I developed quite a, a good relationship with him. Um, so I found a good manufacturer, um, and I, I, I was coming to a little bit of a standstill with him I guess because they don't understand the, 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 the language barrier I guess in, in China he, he wasn't really a cricket man obviously mm-hmm. they're not big on cricket over there and you know it got to a point where we just had to I got on a plane and went to China basically uh, mm-hmm. and uh, my wife said look just do it use the savings go there meet the guy face to face and just nail it for four or five days and that's what I did uh, and we're still using the same guys now. Um, oh, fantastic! Is, yeah, so that's that's a great. Um, that's good for us. It's good for the brand. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's kind of just the tip of the story, I guess. But there's been um, many hurdles to to jump over, get to where we are now, and, and we're still doing it now. I mean, no be no business over in a brand is easy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just yeah. Perception's a great thing, but. Well, it's good you've got a good batting partner next year, driving you around now, so it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not all bad. No, that's true. <laughs> uh, so, well, so you mentioned there when um, you're talking about what sort of inspired you, um, that a lot of it was down to uh, your, your time as a professional cricketer and knowing that the sort of the market for a, uh, a, a quality cricket shoe is was lacking a lot. Um, and I just, I just sort of wanted to to expand on that a bit in that so you, you know you could go to one of uh, the country's many well-known uh discount sports retailers and <laughs> for a sport like football you can go and spend yeah. 30 quid on a pair of football boots and whatever role you is you have in the team functionally they'll serve you pretty much the same same way um, yeah. and with a sport like cricket uh it seems very different in that you know you're you've got different roles where the, uh, the sort of stresses on the body and, and the things you do in a game are completely different. Um, so I, w- I was wondering um, what sorts of 
uh, qualities are important in shoes for differing differing um, roles, yeah. batsmen and bowlers and things. Well, I guess from what you're saying there is you kind of fast forward to where we are now actually as a brand. So it took us from when we when we launched, I guess, or when I I mean I started in 2015, but we didn't launch until 2017. So um, and we've only just now launched a range which has got a bowling boot an all-rounder shoe, a batting shoe, like a trainer-type training shoe, um, a more affordable shoe, I guess, more of a mid-level price shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I first launched, it was just one shoe. It was the cross between, you know, a real lightweight batting shoe. That's what it was actually designed to do when I first launched in 2017. And we just did it in three, three colorways. But it took that long to, to morph into where we are now and, and you're learning, you know, you, you're picking up feedback from everybody along the way because you get it wrong so many times um, the, to get to where we are now. I mean, this bowling boot that we've just launched, uh, the 225, the, the Bodyline series of a range, that's took me over two years to, to make that thing. Um, totally different beast of a, of a shoe, you know, it's just, you've got, six foot seven guys, you know, 18, 19 stone, plowing <laughs> 10 times their body weight through their front foot. And you can imagine the stress and the strain on, on you know, the, the left and the right foot or, you know, through that shoe. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I guess that's where my knowledge came in is the game. And, and I didn't want to jump into making a bowling boot. I wanted to make the best bowling boot and I wanted to get some innovation in there and, and I don't like to make products just for the sake of making products. It's, I think it's a real tough thing. You know, the, being a success is, is tough these days, and I think you've got to be different. So whatever you do, you've got to have some kind of niche or something different, some kind of innovation that's going to stand you out from the crowd, so to speak. You know, my, competition, my competition was Adidas and, and Puma and Asics and you know Nike and things, and, uh, and people are like, well, just go get a job, Dave. You know, why, how are you gonna, how are you gonna compete against these guys? <laughs> but if everybody thought like that and took that mentality, you know, there would be no brands. You know, you have got to, you have got to take on the big boys, so to speak, and 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 risk. You know, it is risky, um, but you know that's what most entrepreneurs have got to. They're kind of risk takers, calculated risk takers. Um, and I think if you're passionate about it enough. Um, you know, you, you can make it a success. It isn't easy. Um, but for me, all the stars aligned. You know, it wasn't just that I was a, I, I had the knowledge, I had the contacts, you know, the people that could get me off on the ladder, which I didn't even realize I had. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I went down to BT Sports to launch the shoe and Graham Swan, Greg James and, and Michael Vaughan were down there doing some. Uh, I think they were working for BT doing a, a, an Australian game. And Graham said, just come down. So I travelled down in the middle of the night, brought the shoes down, you know, things like that. And I, shoot, I showed the shoes to all three of them. And they were all blown away. And it, it's things like that that you've got to do um, just to get your thing off the ground. And, and then and them guys put a picture out on, on Twitter and Instagram and things like that. And, and that's how you get that ball rolling, you know, because you need all the help you can get. When nobody knows, nobody really knows who I am. Nobody knows what painter was. You know, it's, it drums up a little bit of interest with your close friends and family and things. But you've got to hit the wider audience, and that's that's tough when you don't know what you, you don't know what you're doing, really. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's really interesting to hear, like, kind of um, Graham Swan and kind of Michael Vaughan helping you with those things. I mean, over the last couple yeah. of years, Michael Vaughan's become a bit of a divisive character in, in, in some some aspects in cricket. But they've always come across relatively well as cricket people. What what, what yeah. were they like to kind of work with and kind of um, you know, talk to around this and get feedback that fed back into your kind of designs? Yeah, um, Graham uh, was an old teammate of mine um, at Northampton. Yeah. So um, I got on really well with Graham. I was he was a good pal. He's a he's a character. I don't know if you've uh, you can probably <laughs> guess that from. <laughs> listening to Graham absolutely um, he's one of the funniest guys I've ever met he's he can you know reel off 10 accents and he's hilarious um, and quite the dancer now as well apparently yeah dancer yeah well so is Vaughn I guess <laughs> um, but they're all doing it aren't they these days yeah, we'll see you on Strictly Come Dancing soon enough oh I don't know about that <laughs> twinkle toes um, so yeah, Swanee, Swanee was always, Swanee was my guy to start with because he, I, I didn't know Michael at the time. Um, I've developed a lot of relationships since starting the brand. Mm. But um, Swanee was a pal and I, and I knew him and I could chat to him and ring him and text him. And I just, I said to him about what I was doing and he was behind it every, every back, you know, every step of the way was like, yeah, do it. It's a great idea. And I'd send him some designs and say, what do you think of these? Um, and you go, I love them. You know, what about this? What about that? And, and this was before it was called Painter, actually. It was called Flicks. It was a different name and different shoe and everything like that. Um, and he was great. And then I showed him, we, we, the business side, sorry, I'm drifting a little bit here. But That's all right. The, the, the business side of things took a turn where to, to get to where you want to go, you've got to develop a product, keep it going. You know, and then when that product morphed into something, which, you know, and the business plan turned into something a bit more appealing, I got a little bit of investment, which then got me a designer, uh, which I worked really close with. And that's when we came up with the, the, the branding painter. Mm-hmm. So I was just trying to get to where we came up with painter, basically. So, so in that frame, all the designs and things like that, and it was just blown away to be honest he was just like wow this is this is fantastic you know whatever you want me to do I'll, I'll do it and and i'll put things out on social media and things like that so um that was that was great to have him you know he's got a million or eight hundred thousand twitter followers um mm-hmm. and there's a lot of ex-professionals that that follow him like Bonnie, and there's a lot of professionals and the power of that is is incredible really you know, just having somebody that I could call on to say, okay, we're launching it now. If I give you this asset, this video that we've, we've, we've managed to do and pay for, will you share it? You know, and it, it, and it did it every time. Um, so that was one of the stars that aligned for me to make, to, to actually carry on this thing and, and say, you know, I'm going to do this because it makes sense to do it basically. Um, so he was great. He was great. Pony came along a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. Um, it was quite quite surreal. I guess we got, gathered a little bit of momentum, um, and it was his son actually, his son, which was a real proud moment for me. Really, he, he, I got a phone call in the, in the kitchen one night. I don't know if you remember that, and um, I didn't know the number, and it was Michael Vaughan on the phone. And I'm like, 
<laughs> you, you're being called up for England, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I, I was at Yorkshire as a kid, and like this is born, like back born, like he was, you couldn't even speak to the guy, you know. So mm. when I got this call, I was, um, I was a bit nervous, as you can imagine. And he just, really nice guy, absolute sound about, really good pals with him now, uh, and he's great. But he was influenced by his son. You know, at the time, I think Archie was probably 10, maybe, or 9. And he said, my son loves you, Grant. It's cool. And um, I want to I I do something with you. I want to I help you. And I guess that kind of just morphed into him doing a little bit more for us. And, and he's, uh, yeah, so, I mean, he, he's great. And then, you know, once you get people like that, tends to be a little bit easier to do. The others kind of follow. I've always, if you same with ambassadors, if you get the big cheese, others yeah. will follow. You know, it's just getting that big cheese that's hard. You know, if you can get that, usually nowadays it costs you a lot of money to get to get big players. But mm-hmm. that's one of that. You, 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 you're with podcasting heavyweights here. So, I mean, we're, <laughs> we're pretty much the equivalent of the big cheese. So. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, obviously, obviously. Uh, you've now kind of moved into <laughs> India from my uh, from the research that we've kind of done. Uh, kind yep. of for a cricketing brand, getting into India is absolutely phenomenal, right? It's a complete no-brainer. 1.3 billion people. Kind of, where, where, where's the future for Painter in India? Are you going to have an IPL team right. with Painter across your, across the chest? What, what, what are we thinking? <laughs> I tell you what, you get you, we get all sorts of emails. You, you wouldn't believe what we get. Um, mm-hmm. You've just got to, be to carry, carry through with them and, and do something in India. I mean, yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? You know, 1.4 billion people and probably 1.3 billion people all love cricket, and <laughs> if not more. And it's um, scary the potential of that market. Um, it's work in progress. We've got an office now in India, which is incredible. I went over. Um, a while back to open that office. We've got a little team. I've got a partner there who's on the ground who looks after uh, India and, and the rest of the world for me, um, who's fantastic. Uh, we've got a small little little team in the office and yeah, it's growing. I mean, we're getting opportunities all the time. Even in this situation now, we're getting opportunities and, and players and, you know, women players, men players. We were we were on the, a call with some, uh, an agent of one of the Indian players the other day. Um, can't say too much. That's the only problem I get. With, I have so many opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. Can't really divulge too much to you guys at the moment. But yeah. uh, it's good. It's good that these things are happening, and that and that's a great thing. But I mean, India. Yeah, I think I think if we can crack India, we can crack anywhere. It's just uh, incredible market. But I guess for us as a brand as well, we've had to learn with India. You know, you, you, we can't go full force in India like we do in the UK. It's a different product. Um, it's, it, there are a lot more price sensitivity, as you can imagine. Um, it's a different shoe for India. We've, we've had to come up with a whole different shoe called Painter X. Um, it's, a, it's a more affordable shoe. It's different colorways, um, different uh, outsoles to suit their conditions. Yeah. So there's a lot more to think about that than just going, oh, we just sell into to India. So, um, and and now the stage where we're at now, which we've had to focus on on lockdown, 
we've been able to focus a lot more on the back-end system for Painter, which is the, the website and the, the storage, the fulfillment uh, and all things like that in different countries, which is quite complex, which I um, kind of leave to my guys because I just get wound up with it all. Um, <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm dealing with these kind of, these people and they say, oh, it's going to be another nine weeks until we can get that done and that's going to cost you that and that's going to cost you that. And I'm like, what? Like, surely you can just do that. But yeah, anyway, that's why I don't get involved in that. <laughs> Otherwise, we won't get anywhere. <laughs> you you anticipated my uh, my next question well there. Um, I was going to move on to the hard to avoid subject of um, of how how you're coping as a, well how the business is coping with uh, with lockdown and, and the COVID nineteen pandemic, obviously. Lockdown. Yeah, strange, strange times. Well, no, I mean it's it's crazy, scary, scary for me, scary for a lot of business owners, I'm sure. Um, I mean, God, we haven't had a cricket season in the UK. We're potentially wiping 2020 out. Yeah. Um, I think luckily for us, we are, our online is, is growing and growing. We've got a really, what well, I think, bias, but we have a good social media. Uh, we've got good creative uh, assets, graphics, um, Instagram strong. Um, and these guys are still plodding on doing bits that they can. A few guys are furloughed. Um, so it's been tough. You know, we've launched bundles. We've had accessories. We've got more trainers in times of trade, running trainers, training trainers, opposed to just cricket shoes. You know, we've really had to focus about not cricket, which was quite tough, you know, like yeah. quite quickly. You know, brainstorming, Zoom calls and saying, right, what we're going to set up, what we're going to try and keep this thing alive, alive. Let's, let's get some online sales going through, you know, because retail is kind of non-existent. Um, we shipped probably 50% of our orders to retailers and then it just kind of, somebody hit the switch. We're not taking, yeah. not taking any more of them. So that, that's kind of killed that. There's no top-up orders because there's no cricket being played. So, and, and the same everywhere else. You know, luckily, just uh, now, Australia, New Zealand, we, we have distributors overseas. Um, and they're placing orders now, which is great. So that, that's looking like the Australian season is going to kick off in September, October, which would be fantastic for us. Um, we, we, we really want to make a, a big push and a big effort over there because we really, we've probably not focused on that as much as we should have done over, over the last couple of years. Um, yeah. And like I said, Working on the back end allows us to do that. Having stock in, inside the country, um, putting pictures on the website, Australian pictures, so like a customer is buying from Australian site in dollars and he has the inventory in that country just to be able to do it and the shipping is shipped out same day or next day. And it, it, it's just setting things like that up which has given us time this lockdown to make us focus on which is a brand makes us more valuable you know it's it's a big thing that you know it's it's something that a lot of brands don't get chance to do and you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants and just doing what you can do where this kind of time has given us real good time to focus on that kind of stuff so mm -hmm. there has been light at the end of the tunnel um <laughs> if that makes sense but it's been tough i can tell you that 
Yeah, that's, that's where loads of organisations fall down, right? They're, they're from especially smaller organisations trying to scale and trying to go into yeah. multiple different countries with different cultures. If you talked around yeah. India already, and so it's, it's a huge achievement. Yeah, it, it is. It is, and I sometimes, as a, the founder, you don't actually sit back and appreciate that as much as you should do, really. Mm-hmm. Um, people tell you it sometimes, but I guess entrepreneurs—they always want one more. You know, they always want to go one better, which is not a bad thing, but you, you don't actually appreciate what you've done, which, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think it drives you a little bit mad as well, doesn't it? <laughs> so, but, you know, it's, it pushes me. I, I always want, I know where this, this brand can go and guide the limit, you know, but not just in cricket as well. Um, so it's, it's great what we've done. But we have done it gradually. Like India has just come now, I think, over the last six months. So we didn't jump into India year one. You know, it's like, okay, let's let's make some sale. Let's try and sell a pair of shoes first from my dad's garage. <laughs> um, and we did that. So that's great. Uh, you know, and then, and then you you know you're selling hundreds of pairs and then thousands of pairs and 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 then you just kind of. Okay, we're getting a little bit of interest from Australia and New Zealand and a little bit South Africa. So, how do we manage that where it's manageable and you're not yeah. overstretching yourself, like you say? You have got to be patient in a way, and that's where you need a good team around you to, like, I, I, I'm not that good at patience. So, people bring me back down and say, oh, hold on a minute, Dave, let's, let's just do this first and then we can do that. <laughs> Which it's all part of building, building a brand, building a business. It's just, it's, I'm sure it's the same in most industries, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's that's great. I mean, it's um, it sounds like you've you've managed to be really uh, productive with uh, making the best of a bad situation, which is yeah. um, always always good always good to hear. Always good positive news. Um, yeah. And you mentioned obviously we spoke about you've moved into India and you're looking at going into Australia. Um, but aside from branching out into other countries, I was wondering if you've got any plans or vague future plans of branching out into other cricket gear. Um, I, get that. I get asked that a lot. And we, we, we could do. Um, I guess I, I look at it from a different perspective that we're um, a specialist footwear brand. Yeah. Um, so... If you'd have said branching out into golf or hockey, then I'd have said that's that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But when yeah, right. Interesting. other other products, I'd probably say no, and, and it it would be so easy to do, and we could do it quite easily and put a, a bat sticker on there and, and sell a few bats. But I kind of look at the bigger picture and think I want to be seen as this specialist sports performance footwear brand. Mm-hmm. You know, so whatever product we, we go into, it's like we're going to team up with that elite person in that sport and we're going to create the best possible shoe to enhance the player's performance. So for me, that's far more important than getting a, a, a bat and a pair of pads and some gloves Absolutely. In, in cricket. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's been my uh, philosophy on that, I guess, for quite a lot. A long time and I've told my staff the same and, and and it does make sense you know we've got that we've got that ability you know we could be that that brand and we, and we could you know we're going to disrupt the game 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and disrupt the likes of your Adidas's and, and Nike's and things like that because we want to be specialists in certain sports. No, I love it. Absolutely love the sound of it, mate. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're changing gear a little bit. So let's talk about your cricketing career. Okay. <laughs> if that's all right. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So according to Crick Info, you're a right-hand bat who threw down a couple of right-arm twirlers. Whoa, 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 whoa. They were a little bit, <laughs> a little bit more of a Let's not offend the guests. <laughs> now, I, was it was it kind of like pin out of the grenade and Jeremy Snape moon balls or what? What, what were you bowling? I, was, I had a fantastic arm ball, and that that is God's honest truth. I used to be um, I used to be a quickie, but then I've got a bit of a glass back, so I soon recognised that off spin was a little bit easier on the body. <laughs> um, but I guess I was a batter. I was an opening batter as a professional. Um, hmm. but, I've got your yeah, yeah, stats think, right in front of me. They're pretty good stats. Your first class high score of 146, average they're of 38, and, but you yeah. only played five games. So exactly. did you did you fall out of love with cricket or did cricket fall out of love with you? No, you need to ring Kepler Vessels and um, tell him and say, look, why didn't you play Dave Payne tomorrow? That's what you need to do. <laughs> um, and honestly, I mean, professional sports tough. I mean, it's tough now. It's different, obviously, when I play, but it's it's hard. You know, I was mm-hmm. up against Michael C. As yep. an op- I was an opener. Mr. Cricket. Um, Mr. Cricket, so you're, yeah. You're Mr. Cricket's shoe. Oh, he's Mr. Cricket. That's all right. He's a good part of my mind as well. Yeah. Uh, Malloy. Uh, there was a guy called Matt Powell, Rob White, and myself. So there was, what's that, five fighting for two spots, and, and yeah. then two of them are, two of them are internationals. So <laughs> you, you can see how it gets quite hard and you end up in the seconds a lot. And mm. it sounds a bit daft, but the second second team, became, it becomes quite easy yeah. in a way. And you're kind of like, well, I, I, I don't enjoy second team anymore. I want to play first team. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, pre-season, I, w- I was there. I was in the mix. I was hitting them as well as I've, I've ever done. And I mm. started the, the start of the season because Puss was uh, in Australia. Um, Mal, Mal might have been injured, I can't remember. So me and Matt Powell uh, started and he got 65 and I got, I think, no, he got 70 odd and I got 60 odd first game. Mm-hmm. And second game I got dropped because <laughs> I came back into the team. So it's like, yeah. that, that's tough. That's a tough gig, isn't it? You know, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't even put me at number five or six they just drop me so yeah that's that's it's not easy sport um mm-hmm. i don't know i, I kind of i i guess i fell out of love with the game a little bit after playing from you know knee eye to a grasshopper yeah um and that was one of the reasons and i got fed up with, with playing second team and just been in and out of the first team i guess um but I met some incredible friends and, you know, I, I ended up getting, um, I don't know if you're going to ask a question about that, actually, so I might not answer that yet. About the, <laughs> one of the best knocks, one of my best knocks, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, well, kind of, what's, um, what's your fondest memory of actually playing on, on a cricket field? Yeah, so I, I'd say it, it's quite fitting the story because I was playing for the Board 11, Northamptonshire Board 11. Mm. And it used to be, was it the Nat West Trophy, I think? back in the day 
um, it was the 40 over competition. Yeah. Um, and we got through the first round and we got to the second round, I think. Anyway, we ended up getting drawn against our own first team <laughs> at, at the county ground. Obviously, I'm on, a, I'm on the staff. Wasn't getting picked in the first team. I was opening the batting for the board team. And it yeah. was in the papers and, and it was like, <laughs> you know, this could be real upset and all this. So, you know, we were really up for it, you know, as a team. Uh, they put a full team out, you know, Hussey played, Loy, Sales, Swan, Panasar, uh, mm-hmm. Cousins, Paul Taylor. They, a, not, not, not a bad 11. Yeah, a few full, names in there. <laughs> full team, yeah, full team out. Well, obviously, I knew they were just friends of mine, but I had a mm-hmm. point to prove, you know. Um, and I think I think they won the toss and put us in because they didn't want to get, they, they, they didn't want to, Get too many runs apparently, so we, we you know, we didn't want to didn't want to embarrass us. Anyway, I went and got hundred um, <laughs> in, in hundred and I got hundred and six in hundred and four balls. Very good. Yeah, and and smashed it basically. Swanee got took to the cleaners and, and quite a few, <laughs> quite, a, quite a few of the other ones. So. I was on the front page of the paper and the back page of the paper the next day. We lost, sorry, by the way. Cricket's <laughs> <But> <laughs> an individual sport, isn't it, ultimately? <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing else about that day matters. You've got a century. That's the important bit. Exactly. Um, but we got about 260, I think. We did quite well. And, and Hussey Huss got 100 and Mal got 80 or something and they knocked him off. Mm. But... <laughs> It was all, honestly the, the the press was all about me. There was like saying why why is he not on the first team? Blah blah blah. Um, and the next game, I, I didn't get picked. The one in the the one in the team. It's like something something didn't fit right. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the way it goes, right? The kind of wrong people are in charge, and kind of the unfortunately the right people yeah. get missed out. It might have been uh, the, the social side of things. I don't know. <laughs> well, on the on the social side front, is there? Do you ever? We all we love like a funny cricket story on here, and we've had some great yeah. ones over the kind of the last year or so. Um, what is your funniest cricket story that you can kind of share? I mean, uh, bearing in mind you've got kids in the car. <laughs> no, this, is, this is quite good actually. This is good. Um, so I'll tell you, I'll try and get through it as, as quick as I can. But right. Um, so I I got picked in the first team at Northampton. Um, we were playing Worcestershire at New Road, mm-hmm. and I was the, the young kid, and so uh, Kepler Vessel said to Michael, who was the captain, he said, Hoss, can you go pick Payne's up um, and take him down? So he said, yeah, yeah, great. I got on really well with Hoss, so he picked me up in his big jag, um, and we set off down the day before the game to, to, to Worcester. So I said to him, oh, can we stop for some sweets and a... And a few drinks. So he said, yeah, yeah, we'll stop with some sweets. So we got some, I don't know, Starburst or Opal Fruit, and that would be cold in those days. <laughs> um, and, and some Lucas in and what have you. So, and we set up, set up down. So eating away and I'm sat there bored and we're getting a, a traffic jam actually. So we got we got held up and I was bored to be honest. And I said, well, come on, should we have a game of ice pie? So he goes, yeah. Yeah, you know, typical Aussie, really, really competitive. <laughs> but we're playing high five. And beginning with, ah. So, in a way, 
gets it. And I'm like, what the hell's he not getting this? This is really easy. And he, he won't give up. And I kept saying to him, do you give up? Nah, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. And he, honestly, he was going for like 20 minutes. And he goes, you have to tell me. Give up. So I looked down at the armrest and I pointed yeah. and I says, rappers. So <laughs> I pointed to the rappers, the sweet rappers. And he just looked at me, you know, this look, and, I've, and as soon as he's done it, I've gone, oh. <laughs> and I, I knew what I'd done straight away. And it, immediately, he rings Swanee up. He's on the phone to Swanee. He's gone, you'll never guess what this lunatic just said. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And it, that was it. Anyway, he wrote a book, did us, and it made it into mm. his book. So I guess that's, that's what I'm that's one of my claims to fame that I actually made it to his book. And I, I still get called, and people still shout it in, like, around the league and things, though, they always say rappers. If you play a game of ice pie, it's always, it's always rappers. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, was, so, there, was there a spelling test for the Northants first team afterwards? Is that, <laughs> is that well, the, the real what, story? I'll tell you what they did do. They, they, they made us all do poet, uh, poems during that game, and I wrote a poem about the rapper's tale. Um, which I had, to stand, I had to stand up and read in front of all the team. Uh, I can't remember how it went, but I made, I made it up myself. Whereas a few of the guys just got locked. In. They got off the internet, and I thought, "Oh, bollocks to this! I'm going to, I'm going to write my own." And, and I actually made it up about the game, and I ended it. Um, I think it was something like, "All oh, because the boys enjoyed the rappers," something like that. Um, and, and that got framed. My wife put it in a little. It was on a little scraggy bit of um, uh, tissue paper from the hotel. And he, he got it off me and put it in a frame and put it up at the cricket club at Northampton. <laughs> nice. I know. Nice. That's, that's true love, that is. That's true love. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. So, yeah, that was that was a pretty comical tale. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, well, you've, there was a, a lot of teammates involved in, in, the, in that story and you've mentioned some of the people that you sort of were vying for positions with. Uh, we, we were sort of wondering, you know, given that cricket's that kind of game where you, you are spending hours and hours with uh, with your teammates um if uh, there's anyone sort of you particularly enjoyed playing with i mean you mentioned uh mike hussey who i assume you've got on speed dial now or if, if there are any fierce rivalries you picked up as well as you uh... uh yeah i mean teammates i tell you what i roomed with it was a character um Monty Panasar. oh that would he be is a character. <laughs> he is a character <laughs> yeah. Monty, me and Monty, uh, Mutsudan, call him Mutsudan. Um, yeah, he, um, he used to let his hair down. Obviously, he's got mm. the turban on. And yeah, yeah. He used to let his hair down. Um, and he used to literally go down to his ankles. It's that long. Um, and he used to sit there brushing, talking to me, and brushing his hair on an evening after a game. And he'd just talk about cricket. I mean, he just cricket nuts, this guy. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, he, he was a good guy. I got on really well with Monty. Quite naive. But uh, Swanee, I got on really well with Swanee. I still I still take Swanee now and again. He's just, you know, he's fantastic. He, he does a few of the uh, lower things, you know, with um, Henry Blofeld, you know, the... Yeah, uh, my dear old thing. Yep. Yeah, and I, we've been to a few, haven't we, up in, when he comes up to Leeds and he gets his tickets. Um, Jamie Wade, 
probably won't know him. He's uh, he's got his own uh, business in London now. He was a pal of mine at North Ants. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing well for himself. The guys have all done done really well, to be honest. Um, but that was good times. You make lifelong friends in sport, and it's you know I encourage anyone to get into sport. It's mm-hmm. um, they it, it allowed me to travel the world as well. You know that's that's what allowed me to go to New Zealand for three years. Australia, played in India, um, and you make it make it, it builds character as well. Um, you've got to be able to take banter and give banter, as you guys will probably know. So, <laughs> and yeah, I think what, what I found is that you've got to be able to tell a story. If you if you spend all those all that hours with people, you've got to be able to tell a story. If you can't do that, you're you kind do. of finished. Yeah, you do hundred percent. Tell a story, having a beer mm-hmm. in the dressing room. Yeah, it's fantastic. Good, they're good, good times. Yeah, good times. Um, but yeah, I've got I've, I've made a lot of friends in cricket. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you said encouraging anyone to play sport. Uh, are, you, are you still playing? Are you keeping it up? So say that again. Am I am I playing? Yeah. Are you, are you keeping it up? You said uh, you encourage anyone to get into sport. So uh, you leading uh, by example. Yeah, I retired. Well, I kind of retired two years ago, um, but I had a good excuse. It was, it was, uh, well, yeah, my back for one, um, the business for another, uh, and the fact that I never saw my kids. So those three are, are fairly good uh, excuses to, to not play. Yeah, we'll give you that. Yeah, I mean. You were tempted this season, though, weren't you? But I was tempted one after this season. Is it give the kids a couple of years and then when when just when they're starting to play men's cricket, you're just like, I might as well go back and just make sure they're okay. I'll show him how it's gone on, you know, get the old long run up out and a little bit of uh, get the get the you know, swingers going. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I try I try and get the kids into sport, um, tennis, cricket, anything active really, you know, it's um, yeah, I mean, I didn't really start playing until I was like nine or ten, really. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it just shows you don't have to play when you're like four and five. You know, that's extreme, I think. Yeah. But, uh, well, we've only got a couple more questions, so yeah, I know you're happy to know. Um, but your family's got a bit of cricketing pedigree. So your great-grandfather, Eddie, um, playing in the infamous Bodyline series that I'm guessing your uh, latest, latest range is named after. Um but how has his story kind of influenced you and, and your brand? I mean, he's, he's got the seventh highest batting average of all time with 59.23. Uh, so it's, uh, it's yeah. quite a lot to live up to. Yeah. Um, my great-granddad was, it was a bit of a, again, when you start in a business, I didn't really realise the importance of what my family had. You know, I was always thinking of, you know, the friends that I knew and social media and who's got that following and this and that. And I never really... I overlooked my own, you know, great granddad and the heritage, and, and that now is probably our biggest asset. You know, it's huge. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, you know, we've actually called this range the uh, the latest range yeah. over the uh, the bodyline range. So it just fits so well. 
Um, I, I never met my great granddad, unfortunately, mate, but but my dad's got some cracking stories to tell about him. You know, playing mm. cricket um, as a as a wee nipper on the outfield with Sir Garfield <laughs> Sobers throwing a tennis ball to him, and you know he didn't have a clue who it was, and um, you know hitting. He hit a ball over a stand at Keepley, the ground in the Bradford League, which into the rugby stand, which is an absolutely <laughs> massive hit. I mean, I can hit quite a good ball, but I, I don't think I could get it anywhere near that. <laughs> uh, maybe Josh Butler or somebody could, but yeah, he was. But he was only a short little guy, really powerful mm. forearms, strong wrists. Um, you know, back in those days, it was uh, dog eat dog on it, and, and the war kind of interrupted. His, his career otherwise I think he'd have played a lot longer and, and scored a lot more international runs I think yeah um, but yeah I mean he's, we've got some great memorabilia we've got obviously the, the famous story about getting the ball presented to him he's fantastic you know he got that hit in the sixth to win the Ashes um, mm-hmm. you know back in back in um, in Australia which is fantastic it's incredible yeah I mean it, it was funny because Barney rung me not long ago. God, it were only months ago, really. And he said, yeah. who's your great-granddad, Dave? I said, Eddie Painter. He said, what, the Eddie Painter? <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, I told you this. He said, you didn't tell me. I said, I can't believe you didn't know this. We, we put things out. He said, oh, my God. He said, I didn't click. He said, I just didn't put two and two together. So I, I think a massive thing for us, well, it was going to be this year, 2020, which we started off. We were really going to tell the story about the brand and the heritage mm-hmm. um, because of the bodyline range and the launch of it. And then the family tie-in with the Great Grandad and the Bodyline series. Um, but, like, I mean, this thing's just, yeah, demolished everything. We, we, you know, it was, it was all planned out. It was set, bump a year. And then this thing is just before the season. So... Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that's going to disrupt for a long time. But I mean, yeah. cricket's always—it's cricket's always battling against itself, kind of anyway. And I mean, always in some kind of like search for improvement or kind of a battle for survival. There's always kind of that kind of siege mentality around it. Yeah. Um, I mean, even looking at the trying the, the moderately comical introduction of the hundred. <laughs> Yeah, which obviously they're trying to do. Um, yeah. What's your take on cricket and kind of where it's going in the next kind of five to ten years? Kind of away, thinking away uh, from COVID now. Uh, I don't know. The, the, these franchise games are dominate, dominating, aren't they? Mm-hmm. You know, it's they're getting bigger and bigger. I mean, the IPL is, is incredible. Um, big Bash. I do like. I do like watching the Big Bash. Um, but it's the money, I guess. The money in it. The money's got to be there to keep the game going. I don't know about Test cricket. I mean, I love Test cricket, but mm-hmm. you know, sad as it sounds, I don't know how long it's going to be around. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I hope it. I hope it doesn't disappear. But I don't know. It's it's a tough question, really. But I hope the tradition stays. Um, the Test match, longer version. Um, but obviously, there's, there's more and more players now just having contracts for the shorter version and, and earning millions, you know, yeah. and, and I guess that's a real tough situation. If you're in that position, what do you do? And I had this debate the other, the other, a few times. It's like, if you could, if you had a son who was a, you know, the, the next best thing and so talented, would you actually groom him to be a test match cricketer or, or would you groom him to be the best T20 player in the world? 
you know, do you go financially or do you go what's traditional in what you, what we're so-called, you know, supposed to teach our kids the, the you know, hitting it on the floor and test match mm-hmm. cricket, building in and ins. You know, that's a, what do you do these days? You know, what's wrong, what's right? Or do you, you know, does it come out and be the best T20 player ever produced and go and get millions of dollars around the world? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's the way the game's going. You'd have never said that a few years ago, but that's the world we live in now and that's the way the game's changing, I guess. Um, Absolutely. Have you have you have you been to the IPL? I've never been. No, it was on the it was on the cards. Um possibly this year. Um there was yeah. gonna be another trip out to India. I went to open the offices and obviously again everything's been stopped. But um yeah, I'm pretty sure we can get some tickets um quite easily. And I, I've never been. No, I'd, I'd love to go. Um yeah. absolutely love. I've heard it's an amazing atmosphere. Uh, it's I incredible, it's- isn't it? So I was, I was supposed to go this year as well. So I was supposed to go to like Bangalore, Mumbai, Hyderabad, right. and then Ch- Chennai yeah. to see kind of yeah. four different teams, five different teams. Oh, and yeah, wow. unfortunately, all, all scuppered. So uh, maybe I'll yeah. join you next year. I'll, I'll meet up with you, uh, kind of uh, going to see Bangalore or something. Yeah, yeah, we'll get in the crowd and we'll, we'll get some better fingers. You know, these yeah. fingers. Yeah. <laughs> get 50,000 of those. That's, that's a marketing, marketing strategy straight away. Straight in. Uh, so, final question: um, If our listeners want to get some painter gear, where, where's yep. the best place to get it? Um, well, I guess the main place is, is if you go to painter.com. Um, mm-hmm. But then we've got a list of obviously there's products on there, but we also have lists of retailers, preferred retailers <coughs> in the UK, and there's distributors around the world that's on there. But obviously, there's it's just a normal website as well. So all the stuff's on there. Uh, painter.com. We, pretty straightforward brilliant well david thank you ever so much for being on the show we hope you've enjoyed it um, it's been really really interesting oh good brilliant thank you very much we really do appreciate it oh thanks guys cheers ross cheers Matt. cheers dave Well, that was the interview with David Painter. Thank you ever so much for listening. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Cricket Pod. Um, as we said before, please share this with your friends. Um, a load of effort goes into it. We really enjoy doing it, and we want to continue doing it. So, uh, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Night. <laughs> <laughs> I think it should never be permitted to happen again. That is very good.